Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. This is the Fireside Chat, and I'm with you, I think, every week of the year. It's very important to me, actually. It's gotten more important over time. And to be honest, one of the reasons is there are a lot of you out there. And it's a completely unrehearsed, unscripted, no makeup, which may be fairly obvious. And it is just offering thoughts to you and then taking your questions so that you know Prager you better, you know me better, and hopefully it touches your life. That's the whole point of this thing. So I offer you some thoughts, then I take the questions. In this case, I just want to read to you about the, the sponsorship, the co-sponsorship of this particular week's Fireside Chat. I wanted to tell you today's episode of the Fireside Chat is sponsored by Colorado Christian University. CCU Online has partnered with PragerU to offer adults the opportunity to pursue an accredited degree taught with conservative values. CCU Online offers more than 80 academic programs designed specifically for adult learners. Most classes at CCU Online are only five weeks long, so you can take one class at a time and still have time for the rest of life. All courses incorporate a Christian-centered worldview that has been a cornerstone of the university for more than a century. So whether you need to finish your bachelor's degree or start your master's or doctorate degree, consider attending CCU Online. Go to PragerU.com slash CCU and fill out the form to receive more information on the school. You'll get connected with an enrollment counselor who can help put together a degree plan that fits your schedule. All righty. So this is about to be in America. I know we have viewers all over the world. As you will see, uh, I just took a glance at the questions and I'm very touched. We have confirmed questions from more than 50 countries and probably viewers in maybe close to 100 countries. And there's, by the way, there's no reason why this wouldn't be international. I have always believed that things that make sense are universally applicable. The, the, if what I say only makes sense to one group, let's say Americans, then, then they don't make sense. There's no such thing. I, I often give the, uh, the, the example of Beethoven is as loved by Japanese as by Germans. You don't have to be German to love Beethoven. You don't have to be an American to love what I write or what I say. I obviously am deeply American, but I believe its values are universal. Same with my Bible commentary, the, the rational Bible. It's, it's, uh, I'm Jewish, but it, they're applicable to people of no faith, other faiths, or they're not applicable to anybody. Something has to make sense to everybody who at least, you know, uses sense, which I admit is not all the, always the case. That's a, that's a separate problem. So anyway, I'm very glad wherever you are in the world, and it's great uh, to talk to you. That's my uh, dog, Otto who is facing the right direction this week, apparently. Sometimes you only get to see Otto from the rear, but now you have the joy of his, uh, of his lovable face. And it is lovable. 
let me say hello to the guy, but will I wake him if I do this? Uh-oh, uh-oh. By the way, maybe it's good you see him move. Some people might think he's stuffed. He is not stuffed. This is the real deal. Okay, very good. All right, so being that it's Thanksgiving, coming in American holiday of Thanksgiving, which I love, uh, because Thanksgiving is about giving thanks. And if you read my book on happiness, happiness is a serious problem, I state the the single most important quality for being a happy human being, and I would even say a healthy human being, is gratitude. So that, that there is a holiday that whose only purpose is to say thank you, whether to God or to the country or to just say thank you, is a very big deal. What we're seeing is very disturbing, and that is in America and elsewhere, but especially uh, in America, is the cultivation of ingratitude. It's almost unbelievable. We're cultivating ingratitude. Here's the holiday of Thanksgiving to cultivate gratitude, and we in America are cultivating ingratitude. If you are, you name, you name it. If you're a woman, you should be ungrateful for being in America. If you're black, you should be ungrateful for being in America. If you're a Latino, you should be ungrateful for being in America. If you're gay, you should be ungrateful for being in America. If you just fill in the, the, the blank, unless it's white, Christian, heterosexual, male, then you should be ungrateful. And, and, and you're told that. Believe me, uh, if, you, if you're a, a woman or a black in America and you say, well, you know, to, to tell you the truth, you know, our society has flaws because it's made up of human beings and human beings have flaws. But frankly, I'm really grateful <laughs> to be an American. Uh, you, uh, you will be looked at negatively by your professors uh, by your peers, you're grateful as a woman in this patriarchy, in this sexist, misogynist society? Yes, because it's not sexist, misogynist society. It's, it's like as, as free as, 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 as women or men or others could imagine a society. I got to tell you, this was really awesome. So I was just in Washington, D.C., and I, I, my driver, the Uber, I ordered an Uber, and uh, the guy was um, obviously not from America originally, had an accent. So the guy, I asked the guy, where are you from? He goes, Mauritania. Otto changed his position during, we had a little break here, and Otto changed his position. I hope that's okay with all of you. So anyway, the guy said he's from Mauritania. As I was saying, I, I've been to 120, uh, 130 countries, 20 African countries. So I knew where Mauritania was. He, he assumed that I didn't because most people don't know where Mauritania is. Or, and most people never heard of it. And uh, Mauritania is a, is a Muslim country. It is right below Morocco. And uh, we, I asked the guy, how long you've been in America? He said five years. So I tried to... I tried to, oh, I asked him, do you miss Mauritania? He said, yes, I have many, much of my family is still there, although his wife and children are here uh, with him in America. So then I said, so how do you like America? 
And, and I said it in this neutral way. He, he could not know I was, uh, I was prompting him for something positive. In, in fact, the way I put it, it could, uh, I could have easily been prompting, you know, well, how do you like America? Could have Bell been prompting for a negative. So uh, it was in the, in the middle. And I wish, I did, but obviously I, I wasn't going to do it, but I wish I could have recorded him. And he said, I love America. And I said, why is that? And he said, it's unique. And he told me he had lived in a number of European countries and he named them. And uh, at least five different countries. He'd been obviously moving around a lot. And he said, in America, you say good day and people or a good morning People say good morning. They don't care how you look. In America, they don't care how you look, which is exactly right. When I said on an American television show, the Bill Maher show, uh, a few weeks ago, I said America is the least racist, multi-ethnic, multi-racial country in the world the audience of about 400 people basically laughed at me, which, by the way, has no effect on me. I, I don't care if 400 people laugh at me. I only care if I tell the truth. And they, they, they thought the idea is absurd. America's not racist. No, America's not racist. There are racists in America, but America's not racists. Racist. So he was so right. He, he, he hit it on the head. And he was so, uh, so grateful to be here, just so grateful. And I was thinking, oh God, if I could take this guy to every school in America, just to say, you should, why aren't you grateful to be here? And that's the issue, grateful, gratitude. You can't be happy if you're not grateful, and you can't be good if you're not grateful. Ungrateful people are not happy and they are not good. It's disqualifying. You cannot possibly be good, kind, and happy, or happy, if you're not grateful. And we're cultivating ingratitude. That's my, that's my point. You go to college in America and you basically are taking you're getting a BA in ingratitude. You get a PhD in ingratitude. So that's my thoughts. It's it's a very it's a very sad state where we're we're making people ungrateful. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go to your questions here, and it begins with a video question, and this is. Uh, there we go. Okay, take it away. Hi, Mr. Prager. My name is Kenneth Dieters, and I'm on Prager Force. I'm a student at Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. And my question for you is what is your favorite and your least favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that's harder than what's the meaning of life. <laughs> what is my favorite this or unfavorite that? All right, let's see. Um, 
in America, we specialize on Thanksgiving with turkey, stuffing, and mashed potatoes, and cranberries, and what am I? Oh, oh, you know what else? Big sweet potatoes. Yeah, yams, sweet potatoes. I love sweet potatoes, actually, I must say. Uh, I'm not a fan of the marshmallows baked into the sweet sweet potatoes. That's a thing we have in America. And uh, I just don't like marshmallows. I'm, I think I'm in the 0.2% of people who don't like marshmallows. Uh, um, I, I, believe it or not, I'm not a big foodie. Um, I, 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 I fast about 18 hours a day anyway. And I just, uh, I, of course, I enjoy it, but I don't. I don't like think about it. It's not, I don't yearn for it. And I'm not saying it's bad if you do. I yearn for cigars. I fully acknowledge. Uh, but I, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I yearn much more for a cigar than I do for food. I mean, I have to eat or you starve, but obviously. Uh, but I love turkey. I love, I, with the cranberries, that's, that's heaven. I, I do admit it. And then pumpkin pie. Well, there's pumpkin pie. I don't know if that's international. Wonder if people, because uh, I don't know if pumpkins are common outside of the U.S. Anyway, that uh, pretty much uh, covers that. Thank you for asking. It's fun to have light questions, because uh, I deal with such serious stuff all the time. I, I, that's fine with me. All right, here we go. Rachel, 52, San Diego, California, USA. Dear Mr. Prager, I had the great honor of attending your speech in Coronado earlier this week. Coronado is an island off the coast of San Diego, which is southwest United States, very close to Mexico. It's a long trip. You are as funny as you are wise, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, I'm even funnier than I am wise. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. How do we navigate the confusing laws in California, specifically one Jerry Brown made before leaving office? It mandates that every board of directors have at least one woman on it, or they will be penalized with a fine. Given this state's option to decline gender identity altogether or to offer numerous gender options, I see a big problem. If one member of the board has male genitals but self-identifies as a female, does that meet the requirement of the law? I'm sure it does. Or if all the members of the board identify themselves as gender X, are they violating the law? How are these laws... Helping the intended women. Thank you for your insights. Okay, first of all, I can't stand the law. This is a perfect example of equality versus liberty. Okay, that's why the French Revolution emphasized equality and the American Revolution emphasized liberty. Even though I know the French Revolution had liberty in, in, its, in its motto, liberty, fraternity, and equality. But as soon as you have equality, you, you are getting less Liberty. That's just the way it works. This is a good example. For the sake of female equality, we will deprive companies of the right to decide who was on their board. That means less liberty. You can't have it both ways. Uh, I, I think that it, I, it's, it's not government's job. As America was founded, that is not the job of government to, to tell people how to operate like that. So I'm, I'm against the entire law. I don't care if the board is all women. I don't care if it is all men. I care that it is all chosen freely. That is all I care about. I'm a big fan of liberty. It's very rare liberty on the face of this earth. Very, very rare. 
and all all the other stuff well that's that's a, a that's another issue i will tell you this though feminist groups don't really care about women they care about equality and not about equality for women just equality that is why feminist groups have been silent with all of these transgender females who are defeating biological females in races. In the state of Connecticut, record after record for speed in races, running races, track, are now going to transgender females. That is male bodies who identify as female. I don't begrudge their identification as a female. That's their business. I'm not here to tell them that they can't identify any way they want. But I am here to say it is not fair for a biological male to run in a race against a biological female. And they keep winning because they're narcissists. And the women's groups are saying nothing. Same with weightlifting. Biological males who identify as females are winning in weightlifting. Of course they do. Male bodies can lift more than female bodies. They have more upper body strength. And the women's groups? Silent. Feminist groups use women like communist groups use workers. They talk in their name, but they don't advocate for them. Nathan, 24, Iowa City, Iowa. Hello, Mr. Prager. I live in Iowa, but I'm originally from Texas and maintain my Texan pride. Good man. My question to you is how can we treat leftists with grace when they revile us? Thank you for your time. Your fireside chats have helped me live a better life. That's what they're meant to do. You're welcome. And it's, it's, a, it's a real issue. I have a reputation in 37 years of radio of being nice to just about everybody. And it has been very effective. Uh, it is one, one of the great uh, tools that I have, as it were, to, to touch people's lives. So I, watch me on, on Bill Maher. You can all see it anywhere in, in M-A-H-E-R is his name. Uh, and everybody on the program was on the left, including Mr. Maher himself. The audience was all on the left. I was the only person not on the left. And it's worth watching. It is really worth watching. Now, I was passionate I ha and I was speaking louder than this because I had no choice. I was being laughed at or booed or cheered for the other side <laughs> whenever I spoke. So I understand. Oh, boy, Otto, Otto is definitely causing a little commotion here. This is rare. This is a very rare moment. I think Otto watched the uh, the Bill Maher episode and it upset him. I'm not certain. But anyway, be that as it may, he's he has moved from his palatial estate. So uh, it's a big problem. And by the way, every time I talk about this, I make a distinction between left and liberal. There's a big, there's a huge difference. But liberals are not strong enough to confront the left. Conservatives are guardians of liberalism today. That's the irony. I just There are so many examples. I have a video on this at PragerU, Differences Between Left and Liberal. It's a very important video. I hope you'll watch it. Krasimir, 23, Bulgaria. By the way, give me your cities. 
Hello, Mr. Dennis. Bulgaria suffered 45 years of communist regime. It has harmed the country in many ways, but many people have nostalgic feelings towards this period. Even worse, the Communist Party simply renamed itself socialist, and people still vote for them today. How do we rid ourselves of our slave mindset, or, we do, or do we have to wait 40 years like the Hebrews in the desert? Well, in my, in my book, The Rational Bible, my commentary on the first five books of the Bible in Exodus, this is exactly what I write about. There is a slave mentality, and the, the slave mentality is built into people. You don't have to be a slave to have a slave mentality. Humans don't want to be free. They want to be taken care of. That is why all leftist ideologies are popular all over the world. People don't yearn to be free. Liberty is a value. America was founded on liberty. It was, it was therefore against human nature. Human nature was take care of me. I want the state to take care of me. America was founded on the principle of I take care of me, I take care of my family, and I take care of my community. The government doesn't take care of me. The government doesn't take care of my family. The government doesn't take care of my community. That's America's greatness. That's why it became so free and prosperous. But a new generation has arisen that things being taken care of is beautiful. It isn't beautiful. It is beautiful to take care of others. It is not beautiful to be taken care of unless obviously you have no choice. In which case, of course, the last resort should be government, but it should be the last resort. I know your country pretty well. I was in Bulgaria when it was communist. And I remember well the totalitarianism of it. But hey, people weren't dying of starvation. So what if they can't speak freely? So what if they can't travel outside of Bulgaria? So what? So what? So what? So what? Everything's a so what. But hey, I'm getting a pension. That's how people think. I don't know why... To be an unfree human, uh, one of the mottos of America's founding was a statement by one of its founders, Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. That's, that's what I was raised as one of the great lines of American history. That's how much we wanted liberty, not me more. So yes, this is a very real problem. You talk about the Israelites, I explain in the Rational Bible, which I pray you'll read. Well, I don't, I don't pray you'll read. I hope you'll read. God has other things on his mind than my prayers in that regard. But uh, I, uh, I write in there, what the Israelites get out of uh, Egypt. They were suffering under bondage terribly. And uh, within uh, a very short period of time, they say, and it's in the book of Exodus. Let's go back to Egypt. We had better food. Yeah, but you were slaves. So what? We had better food. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. It's, it's depressing. God, I am convinced God lives Groundhog Day watching the human race. Benjamin, how, what's our time? 23. Benjamin, 19 years old, Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan. 
Please tell me your views on jealousy. My girlfriend really does not like it when I say I am jealous, although it does not manifest in any strange or oppressive behavior. Well, I don't, I don't well, it's an interesting question. First of all, I, I have more sympathy for your girlfriend on this. Uh, and I'll tell you why it might bother her uh, if, if you say you're jealous, because it shows you're not secure. And women don't like insecure men. They prefer secure men. And that's what you're telling her. She talks to another guy and you're jealous. Now, if she is giving you reason not to feel secure, that's a separate issue. Uh, but, but otherwise, you know, you should feel complimented. If, if you know, men, men paying attention to your girlfriend, it's a compliment to you. In the final analysis of all the men in the world, she chose you. That's how you should look at it. So I don't think it's very wise uh, to, to say that uh, you're jealous. Uh, I, I could see, I could, even if you don't act on it, I, I, I wouldn't want my wife to, uh, you know, regularly tell me she's jealous. In fact, she doesn't even irregularly tell me she's jealous. It's just, it doesn't really raise, it's not, doesn't come up as an issue, thank God. But uh, it, it could be oppressive if you're married to someone who is regularly jealous. So I, I understand uh, what she's saying. So be, be more confident in yourself. Joshua 15, Bluffdale, Utah. Hey, Mr. Prager. Hey, Joshua. How do you deal with someone who is trans when it is against what you believe? If they want to be called a she, but they are a him, how would you deal with the situation? Thanks for all you do. You're a good man. Thank you. I try to be a good man. It's the most important thing you could be. So uh, I don't know why it, uh, I don't know, let's see, you write, it is against what you believe. I, I would have to hear you out on why it's against what you believe. Uh, I believe that there is only male and female. I think that it is, it is a, a terrible lie that there is more than, you know, two sexes. I know they say genders, but that's just, and they're, they're, what they've done is played with language. But uh, if somebody truly, if I meet somebody, if I meet, and I'll give you a perfect example. I conduct orchestras. I've been doing this for many years. So I remember one orchestra I conducted and the timpanist, that is the person playing the drums, was a female. And in fact, a, a, a pretty fame, a pretty female. And I, uh, I mentioned to the regular conductor, I was obviously the guest conductor. I mentioned after one of the rehearsals, wow, it's very rare to see a female timpanist. And, and he said to me, well, as it happens, uh, uh, this is a transsexual. That's the way they were called in those days, not transgender, transsexual which is a much more accurate term, in my opinion. And I, I looked at this person, and I saw a female who had a female name, dressed as a female. So, of course, I'm going to talk to this person as if she is a female. It's, it's none of my business how she started out. I have no issue with that. I have an issue with a, a person uh, with a beard 
and a deep voice and, and, and the name Bill and says, I'm, I'm a woman. That I have an issue with. Because what you're doing then is you're mocking the idea of sex differences. That is a value. So that's, we have to be very careful, but we're not allowed to be careful. Uh, we're, uh, we're just told, uh, so, I mean, there, there were girls in America who were teenagers who were having their breasts removed. That surgeons do this is just, is, is just evil. Who were removing their breasts, perfectly healthy breasts, because they say that they are male. Okay. Robert Twenty, Campen in the Netherlands. Good day, Mr. Prager. I'm a teacher in the Netherlands. A lot of teachers and politicians here want to get rid of grades, mostly people on the left. Do you have any thoughts on this matter? Kind regards. Well, thank you, Robert. By the way, I think Dutch are among the friendliest people in the world. I have a theory on friendliest people. I should talk to you. I should mention it uh, one of these times. So uh, what do I think about getting rid of grades? Why would one want to do that? Doesn't one want to know how somebody has mastered the material? I'm, I'm just curious. Would, would uh, ask, uh, ask the people, ask these people, would you like to get rid of grades in medical school? So that there's no way of assessing whether future doctors know their material. Would you, here, here's, a, here's a question, would you ask one of these people, would you rather have your surgeon have attended a medical school with no grades or a medical school where he got or she got great grades? Is that a fair question? This is part of the idea. It's like getting rid of scores in, in, uh, in soccer. That's what they've, they've done now for young kids in Massachusetts and elsewhere in the United States. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. That's what this is about. We don't, they don't believe in hierarchy. Nobody, not just that nobody is better than anybody else, nobody does better than anybody else. But why, why is that? Why, why is that a good idea? I want the best pilot in the world to fly my airplane, not one who went to a school where they didn't give you grades. How's how we doing now? Okay. All right, one more. Andre, 14 in Romania. I spoke in Romania two years ago in Cluj and Bucharest. He had a great time. Hello, Mr. Prager. I've been wondering if you believe there are other forms of life out there in the universe. Is our search for extraterrestrial life ultimately pointless? And by the way, did you know that the fountain pen was invented by a Romanian? His name was Petrace Ponaru. Thank you. I'll begin with the last first. I did not know that the inventor of the fountain pen was a Romanian. I did not know who invented the fountain pen since it, it's probably quite a while ago certainly predates the ballpoint pen, and I love fountain pens. So you may well be right, but I'm always a little suspicious about the inventors of these things. Very often people love, and it's totally natural, every, every group does this. We invented the 
we invented the and we invented the. Maybe you did, and that's fine with me. And uh, I, but I don't know what to say. Having said that, what the search for extraterrestrial life is it ultimately pointless? Um, I think that what drives most of those who are preoccupied, everybody's interested in the subject, but some people are preoccupied. They are aching to find extraterrestrial life. I think what animates them is a desire to show that we humans are not special and therefore there is no God who made us special since nature produces life all over the universe. That's what I think is animating a lot of these people. But uh, in my opinion, I don't think there is, uh, I don't think there's intelligent life. Life I, I can't, I can't address. I don't think there's intelligent life anywhere else. And I certainly don't think we will ever get in touch with the, the intelligent life if there is, because it, it would be so far away. I, I don't know if we could signal them, at least not in any foreseeable future. But it would be interesting because then if we met them, I would say, hey, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? And if they said cranberry and turkey, that would be very, very eerie. They have Thanksgiving 4,000 light years away. Okay, and now we return to Earth. All right, everybody, great to be with you. Always great. See you next week, and thanks for watching. CCU exists to train leaders. We want to build the church, we want to engage the culture, but we want to help you prepare for your calling. Our adult and graduate studies programs give adult students the opportunity to earn their degree at their own pace whether you're studying at home, the office, or somewhere in between. The possibilities for online education are now endless. However, many students who enroll in online programs don't finish. Why is that? Because they don't have the support team to help them get through the program. And that's part of the CCU difference. We do have that team to help you not only orient you to studying online, but also to help you finish the program, get your degree, and achieve your goals.